Humility. Who here has an idea of what they think humility is? Some people do. People do, yeah. Humility, let me give you the definition. It's, uh, this is from Merriam-Webster, but humility is defined as the freedom from pride or arrogance. It is defined as the quality or the state of being humble. Now, it's important to recognize that in humility that there's, there's really two sides to it. There's a side that talks about humility as an act of service, which is an act that is self-sacrificial and you're putting the needs <coughs> of others first. But there's also humility that we can talk about that speaks to our character and the way that we carry ourselves in the situations that we live in. And there are many examples in scripture about humility that, that write about the importance of humility. And so I'm going to just read a few of these verses for us. It's in Proverbs 11 verse 2. It says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble, there is wisdom. In Colossians 3 verse 12, it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. In 1 Peter 5, verse 5, it says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Close yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In James 4.10, it says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. In James 4.6, it says, But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And in Proverbs 22, 22, verse 4, it says, The reward of humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. There are two stories in the Bible that we're just going to quickly look at today. So if you have your Bibles, I'm looking forward to hearing the paper turning in person. That's going to be very nice. If you don't have your Bibles and you have your phone, that's okay as well. We're going to flip open to Genesis chapter 3 and also Luke chapter 4. We'll start in Genesis 3. This is a story that's really well known. It's the story of the fall of man. So now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but God did say that you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will surely die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was for good and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from God among the trees of the garden. But God cried out to them and asked, where are you? And the man answered and he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid. And the Lord replied and asked, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you to not eat? If you want to flick over to Luke chapter 4, pick it up in verse 1. It says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. 
He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. And then the devil said to him, so if you are the son of God, then tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written that man does not live on bread alone. And so the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all authority and splendor for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from there. For it is written that he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. So they will lift up your hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished all of this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. He left him until an opportune time. Here we have two stories. There's a story of the fall of man, and then there's a story of the temptation with Christ. Now, you might be thinking, like, how does these two stories that are completely different relate to humility? Well, as I mentioned to begin with, that humility is about being free from pride or arrogance, and it's a state of being humble. Humility isn't just about the service or the acts that we make, being humble, uh, you know, self-sacrificial, but it's also about the posture of our heart. It's about the way that we view ourselves or the way that we think about ourselves and the way that we make decisions or the way that we choose to live our life. You see, in the story of Genesis 3, we have man and woman who have been given direction from God to live a certain way and to not eat of a certain fruit. And they both made a decision in that story to eat of the fruit that was forbidden to them. They made a decision that said that, okay, God's given us instruction. However, I'm going to deem God's instruction irrelevant and I'm going to make a choice of my own. And it was a choice that was rooted, rooted in pride. It was a choice that was rooted in thinking that they knew best. And it obviously led to the fall of man and them being kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And it was not the correct decision. And in in Luke chapter 4, we see a story of Jesus, a man who has been filled with the Holy Spirit. He's just been baptized in the Jordan River and he's been led out into the desert. He's fasted. He's humbled himself before the Lord. And we see Jesus here tempted on three occasions by the devil to choose something that is not of God's will. And each time Jesus resisted the temptation. Each time Jesus decided to not make a decision of his own accord, but to live in obedience to the will of the Father. Rick Warren has this quote where he says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it is thinking of yourself less. I'd like to suggest that in that moment, if Adam and Eve had not been tempted and had been thinking of themselves less and been thinking more of who God was and what God had said, that potentially maybe they would not have eaten the fruit. And unlike Adam and Eve, Jesus chose in the moments where he was tempted 
to not think of what was taking place and what was on offer for him in those moments. But he chose to remember the will of his father, to remember what was written, what was promised to him, and he chose to be obedient, even if it meant that he wasn't able to receive that which was offered to him by the devil. How does this apply to our lives? Well, each and every one of us on many circumstances throughout our days, throughout our weeks, uh, put in moments where we have uh, the option to choose and to make decisions. And if we remember that humility is being free from pride, being free from arrogance, and it's a state of being humble, we have to remember that it's about our character, it's about our virtue, it's about what we think of ourselves. We have to first identify and recognize who or what defines us. And so for us to be free from pride and to be humble, we have to be humble unto something. And for us as believers, that is, we are humble unto God or we are saved by God, we are made by God. You know, the word humility comes, its root word in Latin is a word humus or hummus, not hummus like the dip, (laughs) but it means to be of the earth or to be of the dirt. Isn't it fascinating that humility, its root word comes from the word humus, which is also the root word in Latin for the word that we have for humanity or to be human. And isn't it funny that when we were created, what were we created from? The dirt. We were created of the dirt. And so I would like to suggest that for us to be a people that don't live under the, the direction of pride or the desire to do things of ourselves, but to live as people that are humble or that have humility, we must be people that remember where we came from. And the fact that we were created from dust and to dust we shall return. Now, that doesn't mean that in our current existence, we are just dust and we are not worth anything else. But what it does remind us of is the utter dependence that we must have on God. Because it's by the grace of Christ, it's by the mercy of God that we live, that we exist, that we breathe, that we are here right now in this moment. Pride normally leads itself to two things. I like to think of pride and its outworkings as two sides of the same coin. Pride can look like self-exaltation and it can also look like self-degradation. What I mean by that is in the self-exaltation side, it can look like arrogance. It can look like you portraying yourself to be something better or more than you actually are. And on the opposite side, on the degradation side, pride can look like you making yourself less than you are. It can look like you belittling or mocking funnily or, you know, thinking less of yourself. And both of those are not rooted in humility. Both of those are not rooted in humility. I would like to leave a thought with us this morning that as the people of God, we have a responsibility to be aware of what God is saying be aware of who God is, be aware of who he has made us to be. And that needs to be elevated to a position that will always be higher than our own opinions. If we have a thought or if we have an opinion about ourselves or about someone that is in relation to us or about anything, that is an opinion that is contrary to that of God, then we're thinking that out of pride. We're thinking that from a position that does not belong to God. And so for us to be humble, 
or to live in humility, we must be acutely aware of who God is and what he has to say. And we must remind ourselves of that. But we can't think thoughts or we can't have opinions or we can't make decisions that are contrary to his will. And so ultimately, to be a people that are humble, to be a people that live in humility, we have to be a people that are obedient and submitted to God. Jesus gave us a great example, not just in Luke chapter 4, but throughout his life, gave us incredible examples of how he to live in humility. Time and time again, Jesus was questioned, challenged, accused by the Pharisees. They tested him. Time and time again, they would say, if you really are the son of God, then do this. If you really were the son of God, then surely you can do this. Show us, prove to us that you are the son of God. And in each of those occasions, we see Jesus not willing to step out of the will of his father. He would, in that moment, choose humility. He would choose the, the choice of obeying the will of the father. And if the will of the father was for him to not defend himself in front of man in that moment, then Jesus would not defend himself in front of man. I want to leave us with this thought that for us to be people that are humble, for us to be people that live in humility, that have humility coming from the inside of us, that we don't want to live in pride, then we need to take a great look at what Jesus did and choose to do the same. And it really boils down to three things. It boils down to us remembering who our God is and knowing who he has called us to be. It boils down to an obedience to us obeying his instruction for our lives. Even in times where there may seem like there are other things that are better, where there are easier options, where there may be more difficult options, whatever the case is, for us to be obedient, to not take our lives, to not take our opinions, and to not for us to not live in that position of pride, but to be humble and to live under his will. And thirdly, I would like to suggest that it's really important for us to remain grateful for what we've been given. And that for us to be a people that are humble, we have to remember that we came from dust and to dust we shall return. And everything that is in our existence, everything, every circumstance, every person, every relationship we have is given to us as a gift by the grace of God. And so... To be humble, we need to remember who God is and who we are in Christ. To remember that we must be obedient to his will, obedient to what he is asking us to do, and to not elevate our own opinion in pride, our own thought, our own desire above that of God. And for us to remain grateful, remembering what Jesus has done and the fact that we exist because of him, the fact that we can have community in this way because of what Jesus did on the cross. The fact that we can live our lives free from sin, free from guilt, free from shame because of what he has done. Because of what he has done, because we are of the dust and to the dust we shall return. And it's by the grace of God that we live that we exist and that we have our being so let me pray for us that we would be a people that live in humility 
both in its self-sacrificial nature, but also as a people that our character, that from the inside out, that we would view ourselves not less or not more than how God views us. But we would sit right in that sweet spot, fully aware of who God is, fully aware of who he's called us to be, and live from that place just as Christ did. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. And Lord, I just pray that we as a people would be humble. Lord, that we would not think less of ourselves than what you do, but Father, that we would think of ourselves less. Lord, that we would remember your will. Lord, that we would remember your word. And Father, that we would be obedient to what you ask us to do. Father, I pray that in our heart, but also in our word and in our action, we would be a people that live from the place of humility. Recognizing that it's by your strength, that it's by your spirit, that it's by your power, Lord, that we exist in this moment and that we can do the things that we do in life. Father, I pray that we would continue to learn how to depend on you in everything that we do. Lord, that you would lead us to become more like Christ, that we would be transformed into your image in this way. Lord, that we can depend on your nature, that we can depend on your goodness. Father, that we may not live on bread alone, but Lord, that in the midst of temptation, in the midst of trial and testing, Lord, that we would live just as Jesus lived in our humility, being dependent on you the creator of the universe, the creator of us. Lord, I pray that we would do these things in your name. Amen.